Welcome to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. It's a joy to have you with us today. Pastor Ed leads Fellowship Church in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. In today's message, Pastor Ed Young dives deeper into the Leaving Las Vegas series. Pastor Ed extends a thoughtful invitation to reflect on the prospect of leaving behind fantasies and embracing a life in sync with God's best. Joining this journey, our discussion today will focus on practical steps to navigate towards God's best while steering clear of deceptive and hazardous imitations. This program is just a glimpse of what Pastor Ed has to offer. From global missions to his latest inspirational books and daily devotionals, there's something for everyone. You can find all of this and more at edyoung.com. And here's an exclusive offer for our listeners today. Download a free chapter of Pastor Ed and Lisa's newest book, A Path Through Pain, at edyoung.com. With refreshing vulnerability and power, A Path Through Pain shares their family's journey from sorrow and anger to hope and healing after the tragic and sudden loss of their daughter. As they share their incredible perspective, they will inspire and equip you to believe that there is purpose in your pain, even if you can't see that purpose yet. Now, let's get into today's message called Toilet Water. Welcome to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. Lisa and I got invited to this beautiful resort by a friend of ours, and we hung out there for several hours. We were lying out in the sun, and the beautiful people were at this resort, the yachts, the whole jet set club, and I had these sunglasses on, these wraparound black sunglasses. No one could see my eyes. Well, this friend wanted Lisa and I to meet some of her friends, so She called for a lady who was walking way down the beach, and this lady turned and began to walk toward us. And guys, this girl was a showstopper. I'm talking about unbelievable. She would embarrass any Victoria's Secret model. She had on a bikini, and I've seen more cotton in an aspirin bottle than the bathing suit she had on. Anyway, You might be going, Ed, what were you thinking? What was going through your mind when you saw this woman approaching? Because again, Lisa couldn't see my eyes. This girl couldn't see my eyes. It was the perfect setup. So I was thinking to myself, wow, (laughs) unbelievable. I didn't articulate those words, but I was thinking, (laughs) guys, I'm pretty smart. I was thinking those words. What do you do when you have a scenario like that? Because do you simply appreciate the beauty or do you go to a place called Las Vegas? When we go to Las Vegas and live in that place, Las Vegas has a way of living in us. I'm in a series called Leaving Las Vegas. Las Vegas is a destination. It's a very popular one that many people travel to regularly. As you look around the horizon of our culture, pornography and pornography and lust are interchangeable. Pornography is a multi-billion dollar industry. What? 11 billion a year is spent on prostitution. Five billion a year is spent on the kennel clubs. I mean, I mean, I mean, topless clubs. Oh, I'm sorry, gentlemen's clubs. Three billion a year on child pornography. Why is this so? 
but damaged chromosome, low SAT scores, we don't have enough education. What's the deal? The deal is we have this southward, downward gravitational pull called sin. Now, I want to say something right up front. When I talk about lust, I'm not talking about just desire. Desire is not lust. Desire and desires have been given to us by God himself. We have the desire, for example, to eat. We have the desire to drink. We have the desire to relate. My desire to eat occurs because I get hungry. My desire to drink occurs because I get thirsty. My desire to connect with someone happens when I get lonely. So a desire, desires are God-given. The way we steward our desire determines our destiny, and our destiny determines our desire. So a desire is God-given, the desire for sex. That's God-given. We should thank God for sex. God gave us sex before sin ever entered into the human equation. Lust happens when this desire goes haywire. Lust happens when an attraction segues into an illicit sexual action that's mental, emotional, or physical. We're talking about lust, when the desire is downgraded into depravity, when we see someone as an object with parts for our sexual gratification. If you have your Bibles, you might want to turn to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, because the book of Genesis talks a lot about who we are. So many people, I would argue, are, are living life in total confusion. They're living their sexual lives in total confusion. Well, well God clears the confusion up as we read His Word in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It says, God spoke, let us, us, that's interesting, God, us, yeah, I'll talk about it in a second. Let us make human beings in our image, making them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth, us, that's the Trinity, the Holy Trinity, that's who God is, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We're made in God's image. We're Trinitarians. We have a mind, a soul, and a body. That's why when it comes to sex, it's a Trinitarian thing. It's a mind thing, it's a body thing, and a soulish thing. We cannot park certain aspects of the Trinity outside the bedroom or outside of the room where we're searching internet pornography or outside of the back seat of a car while we're engaged in illicit sexual behavior that's mental, emotional, or physical. This text tells me something phenomenal too in Genesis chapter 1. It tells me that I'm not an animal. We're different than the animals. We're fully physical and fully spiritual. That's who we are, and that's whose we are. We're, we're gods. You're a child of God. You're made in the image of God. You're fully physical, and you're fully spiritual. Our desires are God-given. The way we handle desires determines our destiny. God can give us the strength 
to handle desire, to steward desire, to leverage lust for greatness. Jesus had a conversation with a prostitute in John chapter four. And here's what Jesus said to her. He started talking about water. He said, everyone, he's talking to her, who drinks this water, he's talking about a water from a well, a man-made cistern, will get thirsty again and again. Anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst, not ever. The water I give will be an artesian spring within, gushing fountains of endless life. Lust is not out there, lust is in here. Lust emerges inside of your life and mine. Well, yeah, our culture has lust and illicit sexual activity. Yeah, but our culture is simply an outward reflection of the inward condition of our heart. Jesus tells me if I drink from his source, if I drink living water, I can have these artesian springs, this well coming from the inside out. I can have my thirst totally and completely quenched when I do desire his way. But if I do desire my way, the way of the enemy, I'm gonna live in a place called Las Vegas. And not only will I live in Las Vegas, Las Vegas will live in me. Let's go back to that situation at the resort. Because lust always follows a very predictable path, doesn't it? And, and, And the enemy has a plan and he works the plan. The first stage of of lust, and we need to understand this so we can develop an offensive and defensive strategy. The first phase of lust is the tantalize phase. It's the, wow, unbelievable. You say that in your mind, right, to yourself. That's natural. We're made to appreciate beautiful things. I mean, that's just the way it is. You should be going, wow, I'm, I'm happy, Ed, that you appreciate beauty of the opposite sex. That, you should be like, wow. Because if I stood here and go, yeah, this girl came up and I'm like, mm, who cares? You should worry. <laughs> You're gonna see someone who's attractive. Great. It's not the first look that gets you into trouble. It's the second and the third and the fourth. Now, one time I made that statement and a young guy walked up to me and he goes, oh, Ed, I've got it figured out now. I can just look at her and just lock in that first look. I just want to, no, 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 no. It's that first look. It's fine to say, wow, unbelievable. That's cool to say that. Here's, here's what the book of James says about, about this attraction phase, this tantalized stage. Don't let anyone under pressure to give in to evil say, God's trying to trip me up. God's impervious to evil and puts evil in no one's way. Okay, tantalized. We're all going to be tempted. We need to appreciate beauty. Wow, that man, that woman, they're attractive. Whoa, unbelievable. It should stop there. If it stops there, it's not a sin. It becomes sin, the desire is downgraded into lust when we move into the second stage. What's the second stage? It's the plagiarized stage. Okay, he he steals something and tries to make it his own. That's what happens when you plagiarize. Every time God has a gift, the enemy has a counter gift, a counterfeit. God says, okay, one man, one woman in marriage 
Sexual intercourse should be practiced in the marriage bed. That's what God says categorically, unequivocally. There's no arguing about it. That's it. One man, one woman in marriage, boom, you have sex. Well, the evil one comes along and, and he says, okay, God's holding out on you. Come on, have a little toilet water. Have a little premarital sex. Commit a little adultery, a little homosexuality. That's, 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 that's what he does. Plagiarize. He takes the God-given desire and he encourages us to go haywire with it. He whispers lies to us like, hey, Ed, you're a pastor, dude. You've been faithful to Lisa for 26 years. I mean, you're at this resort. No one knows who you are. Live a little. Just look at the beautiful girl. Come on, undress her with your eyes. It's just, it's just in your mind. Nothing will happen. You won't do anything immoral. It, 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 I'm telling you, just, 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 just do it. You're listening to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. We're halfway through today's incredible message, and we hope it's been an inspirational part of your day. As we pause for a moment, we want to thank you for joining us and for your continued support. This ministry, focused on sharing the gospel, is possible because of listeners like you. As a token of our gratitude for supporting The Creative Connection, we have a special gift for you. We'd love to send you a complimentary copy of Pastor Ed and Lisa Young's newest book, A Path Through Pain. This is a powerful book they wrote after the sudden death of their oldest daughter, Lee Beth. They share profound truth that even in the darkest moments, pain and joy can coexist. To receive your free copy, visit edyoung.com. It's our way of saying thanks for your gift to help take the hope of Jesus to people around the world. And if today's message has touched your heart, consider supporting us. Your contributions, no matter the size, help us continue spreading God's word and bring hope to many. Visit edyoung.com to learn how you can make a difference. Now, let's continue with today's message. You're listening to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. Back in the book of Genesis, Lot, the, the Bible said, moved toward the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's what I've got to ask you, what are you moving toward? Because when we're, when we're tempted by lust, and the temptation is not the sin, the Bible says when you're tempted, in other words, it's going to happen, we either take the enemy by the hand and allow him to take us to the toilet and we gulp down commode water, or we say, let go of my hand. I'm gonna take the hand of Jesus, the nail-pierced hand, and I'm gonna allow him to take me to a place of grace, a place where, where I can leverage lust and leverage my desire to determine his amazing destiny. We have a choice in the issue. Well, James keeps on going here. In verse 14, James chapter 1, talking about plagiarized, the temptation to give in to evil comes from us and only us. But what do we do? We want to blame, don't we? We have no one to blame but the leering, seducing flare-up of our own lust. We just listen to the devil's toilet talk, that, 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 that potty mouth, don't we? We have no one to blame. Man, we love to blame in our culture, don't we? I mean, are we, are we into blame or what? 
It's just a sexy way to do what Adam did back in the garden. Because when God confronted Adam about his sin, what did he say? She did it. It's her fault. We have this bent to, to blame. And it, and it comes from this evolutionary mindset that says we're just animals. We're just dogs. We're, we, we, we just drink out of the toilet. That is what we do. So have some fresh toilet water. Tantalize, plagiarize, and then there's one more in this path. It's simple, just, just three steps. Vandalize. Jesus said, here's the devil's strategy. To kill, to steal, and to destroy. It is very simple, John 10. Kill, steal, destroy. Kill, steal, destroy. To kill us, to destroy us, to take us out. How does, how does this happen? Well, he steals from us sexually because our sexuality is who we are. It's a Trinitarian thing. It's, it's a deep thing. It's an all-encompassing thing. He steals that from us through this God-given desire that's gone haywire. He kills marriages and kills humans and, and kills relationships and, 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 and kills children. He steals, he kills, then he destroys. And it does not take someone with a Harvard MBA to realize the destruction that's taking place in our culture, in our world today because of sexual sin. Once we get a handle on our desire, that is when God will take us to places we never dreamed imaginable. So it's time to go, you know what? I'm not gonna be taken to the toilet through tantalized, through being plagiarized, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not gonna be vandalized anymore. I'm going to go the way that God wants me to go. We start off with lust just accidentally. Then it becomes a recreational thing. We, 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 we kind of get intentional about it. And then from there, it becomes obsessional. It takes control. It's a Trinitarian thing, a mind, soul, and body thing. In reality, it's our search for oneness. The Trinity, the Holy Trinity is about oneness, right? Three in one, one in three. A man and woman joined together in marriage, you've got oneness in sexual activity in the marriage bed. People who are drinking large, tall glasses of toilet water are in search of oneness. Come on, are you, are you drinking toilet water? Are you gonna tell me through the trashy romance novels, through these sitcoms, through, through these comedians who laugh at lust and porn, and deviant sexual activity. You're gonna tell me you're drinking toilet water. Some of you are sick and don't even know it. Some of you are near death in your marriage and in your family and in your career, you don't even know it. It's time to close the lid, to dump the water out, and to do it God's way. Boy, Ed, what's God's way? I'll tell you what God's way is. It's to make a covenant with your eyes and with your mind. 
I believe the book of Job, chapter 31, verse 1. Here's what Job said. I've made a covenant with my eyes. The Bible calls the eyes the windows of our soul. I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at another person. What did I do with the beautiful girl? I made a covenant with my eyes. I took my sunglasses off. I wanted Lisa to see my eyes. I wanted this young lady to see my eyes. I looked at her in the eyes. Obviously, I saw that she was beautiful. I felt the tug, the pull toward the toilet. But I thought to myself, you know what? My body is God's. My body is Lisa's. I'm not going down this path. Yeah, it could quench my thirst for that sexual hit, but I'll become sick. And eventually, destruction is in the cards. And I gotta ask you, have you, have you made a covenant with your eyes and your mind? We also have to realize something. We have to realize that we are made in God's image and that we're not animals. We've gotta realize this. We've gotta realize where lust leads. Lust is all about laziness. Think about pornography. I get into porn, I don't have to work on a relationship called marriage, I can just Close the door, hop online, and see all of this illicit stuff. It's lazy. Also, it'll lead to loneliness. It always leads to to isolation. So what do we do? We've got to be intentional. We've got to get up and commit to purity. We've got to drag lust into the light because when lust is is drug into the light, it loses most of its luster. Instead of isolation, we've got to move to community within the church because the church, the church is the only one, the only entity that has living water on tap. We've got to be in accountability. We've got to talk about these things because if we keep secrets, as someone told me just a couple of days ago about lust, our secrets will keep us. And the enemy says, oh, you're the only one who struggles with this. Hey, you're the only lady. If people knew what you dealt with, if people knew where you went and websites you frequented and what relationship you're thinking about or involved in, they wouldn't believe it. Hey, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Call Satan a liar. Drag it out into the light. Move toward community. Drink the living water. God has given me the ability to leverage lust and leverage desire for greatness. I don't bat a thousand every time. Don't sit there and think, oh, Ed's, Ed's the ultimate. He's perfect. He, no, 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 no. We're all fellow strugglers. But I'm telling you, if God can give me the strength, which he has done and which he is doing and which he will do, he can do it for anybody here. Because in that situation, and that could have easily gone to lust, I had an opportunity to go to Las Vegas But because of this place of grace that that God led me to, because of the covenant I've made with my eyes and my brain, because I realized what's at stake, I had victory. And you can have victory too. No matter what you've done, no matter where you are, you can have victory too. And that's the hope and the confidence that we have of walking in purity. Because as we walk in purity, God will bless us 
like we've never experienced before. We realize who we are and whose we are. We realize that we're the sons and daughters of the living Lord. That is some awesome news. Thank you for being with us today on The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. We hope this message has empowered you to stand firm in your faith and to shepherd your family with wisdom and courage. Your role is pivotal in nurturing a God-honoring environment, and it's our prayer that you would feel supported and equipped in this journey. Your support is so important in helping us share the gospel of Jesus with a hurting world. As a token of our gratitude, we're offering you a free copy of A Path Through Pain by Pastor Ed and Lisa Young. Visit edyoung.com to claim your book and learn more about how you can support Ed Young Ministries. Join us next time as Pastor Ed continues the series, Leaving Las Vegas, with a message called Seven Days of Sex. Pastor Ed will talk about God's plan for sex and marriage and how we can find true sexual freedom. Stay connected with us at edyoung.com for more great content and ways for you to be part of what God is doing through the Creative Connection. Thanks for listening. Until next time, God bless.